What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. All right, how about that for a countdown? 30 seconds. Get used to it because when the season starts, we're down to, five, we're down to a five-minute countdown because we need time for people to transition because, all right, welcome to Birdland tonight. This is your Orioles post-game show. We're doing some shows early to kind of get the flow of it, get you guys used to Birdland tonight and all this. Real magic's going to happen, though, once the Orioles start playing real games that matter. Uh, we do have a bunch of practice games to start with. Joining me tonight is guys you probably already know, Ryan Blake in the middle square. That's me. And Matt Soroka from Section 336 in the top right square. For the record, I prefer the five-minute countdown where I get some snacks, run to the bathroom. Just 30 <laughs> seconds. I'm I'm really uncomfortable right you know, now. I'm not ready to go. Every time I press the 30-second countdown, I immediately regret it because – I always want to take our feed and share it on like Facebook, Twitter, and all the different stuff. It goes, it blasts out on Birdland Tonight and Bird, well, Birdland Sports on all your favorite social media: Twitch, Facebook, Twitter. Don't say my favorite social YouTube. media, but okay, go ahead. Whatever you, what's your favorite social media, Matt? My my favorite social media. Yeah. That's a personal question. That's not your business. Back <laughs> off. All right, all right. Well, see, you missed the opportunity because we are not on Instagram. Oh, you're not. No. Oh, Instagram true. doesn't let you do this type of stuff on Instagram unless you're a big corporation. And we're not, and that's the whole point of Birdland Tonight, is a post-game show by Oriole fans for Oriole fans. Let's finish out the introductions. Bottom left is Cody from the I Just Like the Duck podcast. With Are you getting sweet, sweet new haircut. Yeah, you like and that? Then, and then, the yeah, I, I sent you the picture. You reminded me of Kip <laughs> from Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> and in the bottom right, right next to Cody, we've got Jimmy from Bleacher Birds, who has some better light in this week. I'm still recovering from my loss in Mass and Orioles bracket last last night. Okay, <laughs> I uh, I am not paying attention to that. So mm, I saw it. Shots fired. I saw it. I know it's Orioles Massens with a Z. I just three expect seed Ryan, baby. I just expect <laughs> Ryan Blake to win the whole thing. <laughs> Josh is just mad he's going to go out in round one. He's just trying to brush it off now. Okay, yeah. Josh. I, don't worry. I'm Josh from Section 336, and I expect that we are going to lose in the brackets to some parody account, of like like a Nick Marcakis parody account or something that we're up against. Something that hasn't been relevant in years, but still Orioles Twitter for some reason likes it. There are plenty of those out there. 
Exactly. None Half of them year. run by Ryan Blake. Not every, <laughs> right, right. Everyone this year, if you're a parody account, it's going to be Adley Rushman. There's no one else on this team at this point worth making a parody account of, right? What? Who, who would you make one, Matt? Parody account? Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, well, this is catch me off guard. Here's the problem. If you're going to make an Orioles parody account, it's got to be someone that's going to stick around. You don't well, want to be the loser who made the uh, – I'm blanking on a guy. I think Hyunsoo Kim had some great parody accounts, and he didn't last very long. About the, uh, the there are several Hyunsoo Kim accounts out there. Yeah, there are. And I, and I, and I think <laughs> – Oh, right, gosh. At least you didn't make the Nate McLeod uh, one. All right, but I think Adley will be popular. I think we'll see some uh, some Trey Mancini, p- perhaps. I know there's already one out there, but I've seen Rushman floating around already. We'll see. There's there's a lot of kids out there who want to want to get in on the fun. So, but but here's the problem: is finding kids that care about the Orioles. Mm, that's because true. right now people aren't caring about the Orioles. We are, and I think there's a good amount of fans. But to get the young kids involved, we saw this in 2012. Ryan Blake was not an Oriole fan until 2012 when he came on board. Right? Isn't that right, Ryan? Yeah, I, I have no recollection of, of the days before we were in the playoffs. All I know is success. This this whole losing thing exactly. is new. <laughs> right, right. You weren't alive during the 14 years. No, sure. absolutely not. All right. Um, so, guys, we had a week of spring training games. We all, I got to watch a game in person. Uh we all got to see a little game on TV. I believe there's only one on the MLB app. And then a bunch of games on the radio. So let's start with just real broad picture takeaways from the first week of spring training. Anything that really stands out before we get into players and some of the competitions? Standing out to me so far is just, you, you mentioned competitions, is, is the outfielders. They're all off to a hot start, and they all seem like they want to have that roster spot come opening day. So it's, oh, yeah. it's exciting gonna, to see. And we're going to get to that in a moment because it yeah. is. It's a crowded outfield. Uh, Cody, what anything standing out to you about the Orioles this week? No, it, it's, been, it's been difficult to kind of temper my expectations, and, and I'm sure we'll get into this when we start talking about uh, you know what we've seen or what we've been listening to with some of the games. But just the expectations of what we saw last year, those guys that had success, just assuming uh, that they show up in week one of spring training, they, they continue that success. So just, just trying to temper my expectations of, of you know this, some success that we had last year, and it's only week one of spring training. Gotcha. Matt, how excited were you to see Chris Davis get hurt after two at-bats? Okay. <laughs> well, my, my uh, no, I'm not excited. I never root. For, Josh, unlike you, I don't root for people to get I, hurt, I, okay? I learned my lesson. The, One no. time, I never root for injuries again, I, I and I put out an apology after that. Yeah, and I saw a bunch of people, like, saying, you know, wink, wink, nod, nod with the injury. But I don't see any wink, wink, nod, nod here. If it would happen, like, if this same injury recurs at the end of March, maybe this is foreshadowing for what's going to happen later. Um, but maybe at the end of March, you could say, okay, they're, they're just making stuff up here. But here it sounds like a little tweak. It happens all the time. It happens with uh, um, uh, the shortstop today, uh, Galvez. Galvez. Galvez, yeah. So I think these things just happen all the time, especially when you haven't been swinging a lot, especially when you're going with a new stance. But my initial takeaway after week one, if I can answer the same questions people, other people responded to, I don't know why you switch it up on me. But um, is it um, – who is it? it's Jeff Arnold. Who's the other radio guy? Brett Hollander. Brett Hollander. I think they're pretty good. 
Welcome to 2020. Okay. I believe they did the games together last year as well. Yeah, I'm enjoying them on the radio. But but now, yeah. right, people are coming along with me and doing only radio because there's no TV option, right? Yeah. So, Jimmy. Um, and I'm a fan of the announcers. Yeah. Jimmy, has have you found it being hard to get into spring training when there's no mass in coverage? When the only thing – and there's not even really much radio broadcast. You're really looking at the – at the opposing coverage. No, I mean, I, I found myself basically staring at my MLB app uh, throughout the entire game and then just getting updates. Uh, today I was working during the game. I was just getting update after update for, uh, for the Orioles Boston game. So if that's the way that you got to do it, that's the way you got to do it. I'd love to actually sit down and watch a game on TV, but um, you know, Messin uh, doesn't think that it's worth, uh, worth doing. So what, but hey, Josh, yeah. Josh, just real quick, I would make the argument that it's better that we don't see in the spring training games. It reminds me kind of the old school marriage, right? When you wait, you wait for your wedding day to consummate the relationship. This is we're just forcing us to wait, and it's going to make that consummation, you know, come opening day, all the more pleasurable. Oh, you with but, me? Yeah, except for <laughs> Monday afternoon, it was really nice to to um to see our wife with another person? Is that what you're trying to say when her, when we had to watch the opponent broadcast? Well, that's the what I'm saying. That's, yeah, yeah. see, that's not even – that's I'm, like getting to third base or something. Right? I don't want to go far too far down this analogy. But but uh, point being, point being, they're making us wait a little bit, and it's just, it's just building the anticipation. So I'm all about it. Okay, except it's more like building the anticipation because your date is too cheap. Well, I tell you what, say listening to the uh, listening to the Pirates game the other day really made me realize just how much I'm going to miss our broadcasters, mm-hmm. or the former broadcasters of the Orioles. It was like listening to a golf game. The excitement in the air. Well, I think that's that's kind of just what you get with you get used to your guys and whatever town you're in. You like you end up liking your guys. I will say I watched, and I'm sure you guys did as well. Watched the Monday. It was. Was it, who was it Monday? Was it the Phillies Monday? Yeah. All right. They started it with their little pregame show talking, and their setup for doing the pregame broadcast is worse than our setup tonight. They basically had two folding tables with two guys sitting there yeah. uh, watching the game on a TV and doing the play-by-play. Right, because they were Philadelphia, yeah. It amazes me that the Orioles can't even set up Zoom in order to broadcast a game. But – they do have all the cameras set up, and they have the cameras following the balls and following the players so they can show the highlights. I don't understand how much money they're saving by not broadcasting. They don't even need to get announcers. Just, like, do the video stream. Oh, I've I'll watch said, that. I've asked for years. If you just do the behind-home plate, uh, like, overhead shot and put that on Masson, you don't need – you can leave the stadium sounds or you can just play, like uh, – white noise, whatever. It's it's cool just to see baseball, and they should expand something like that. In all fairness, it's not just the Orioles that are uh, that are cutting back in spring training, right? It's 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 not just us, or is uh, it just us? I believe the Orioles are the most extreme. Everyone else has cut some games out. You might want to loop the Nationals in with that as well because the Orioles cut the Nationals. But I think I saw the Nationals are going to pay to have some games broadcast. Right. I think the Nationals will be involved to an extent, but there there are certainly other teams that are, are dealing with something similar. I don't like Josh said. I don't think it's to the extent that the Orioles are dealing with Masson just completely, seemingly ignoring spring training. 
but uh, other teams are certainly in a, in a similar situation. I, I just think it's it's a little bit more extreme for us. Yeah. But I do say now now seems like the appropriate time to uh, to plug my podcast, if I may, because I just released this morning an interview with with Orioles play by play broadcaster Kevin Brown. So and I had to throw that out there. And I'm telling you, Ryan, your podcast happens every once in a while. It's <laughs> random. You're about eight or nine episodes in. Matt and I are going on our eighth or ninth year. And you're getting much better guests than we ever got. So you're getting – people should be listening to uh, give that fan a contract because you're pulling in the right guests. It's- yeah, I mean I've gotten messages from people like, how are you getting these these guests? And it's it's really as simple as just reaching out and asking. I mean you know, I guessed on Keith Law's email address. I tried three different <laughs> combinations of K-Law at The Athletic, and uh, and he got back to me the next morning. And, and people are, are generally gracious with their time. So I've – I found and, it to be as long as I'm just, you know, hey, I have the show. It's it's on a decently reputable Orioles website, and uh, I'd love to to have you on as a guest. And and so far, I've been extremely lucky and fortunate to have have some people say yes. You know what? You're hey, right. I haven't hey, asked. When you got Kevin asked Brown. Was it that Kevin Brown or not that Kevin Brown? <laughs> he was he was not that Kevin Brown. <laughs> and remember, anyone you ask feels sorry because you're an Orioles fan. So the, right. so they'll give you some sympathy. All right, guys, let's talk about what, some stuff that's going on on the field. And let's start, Ryan, you mentioned the outfield. It's really crowded. Just while during the 30 seconds, I jotted down some names in the outfield. I got Mancini, Hayes, Mullins, Diaz, Santander, uh, Stewart, and Jameel Jones. Am I, who I, I'm missing other guys out there too, right? Well, I, I would argue that Trey Mancini, it, seems, it sounds like it's not going to be an outfield this year. And Jemiah Jones, is. I don't, I don't know how much outfield he's played. In his career, but he's listed as a center fielder. Okay, Wilkerson, he's a second baseman by trade, who who has some experience in the outfield of the minors. All right, thanks, Ryan. Wilkerson, oh, did you mention him? I missed Wilkerson. I missed McKenna. I missed yeah, Mount and Castle. Ryan McKenna and Mountcastle. Yeah, but your point is true that it's crowded. Yeah, there's a lot of people out there. A lot of guys, and a lot of them are playing pretty good for the start. At least at the plate, it's hard to judge the outfield in the first couple of games as far as defense. Because the radio doesn't do it justice. Well, no. I mean, I just think of – I went to the game on Sunday, and we can talk – I can share some of that with you guys later. But uh, who was in left field uh, on Sunday? Not Hayes. Um, I'm blanking. It was, was for the in, first game, right? It was for the first game, and he's tracking a ball, and all of a sudden he's waving his arms and spinning around. Oh, it was Mountcastle. Mountcastle. And he completely yeah. lost the ball out there. And they – I listened to the broadcast where they tried to – Say, oh, it's tough in Sarasota with the wind and the sun. And it's like, come on. The wind and sun is everywhere. I and there was Florida's a couple closer, but. a couple clear on the radio they described it. And one was in the game where Stewart got a bad jump on a ball. Diaz got a bad jump on the right. ball. So it seems like there have been also been a lot of bad jumps on balls defensively. Sure, sure. Which Cody, is normal, I guess. Yeah. Cody, who stood out in this outfield to you? You know, it, it's it, it's got to be uh, it's got to be Cedric Mullins and, uh, and and Austin Hayes. I mean, these two guys are are seem like they're you know, in this death match for center field, right? I mean, neither one of them is given an inch. It's uh, it's really fun to watch. I don't know, I don't know who to favor right now. I mean, if if you had to to choose one tomorrow for opening day, who would you pick? It's difficult because it you know. I've been more so tuned in when they're at, at the plate than in the field. So you miss how they're performing out in the field. If they've 
uh, missed any balls? Or are they tracking everything? Is there any, you know, real difference between, you know, on their defense? But, you know, I might edge a little bit closer on uh, Cedric Mullins right now. All right. Well, that'd be a surprise. Uh, Jimmy, what's going on out there in the outfield? So I had mentioned a little bit earlier, didn't get any traction, but does this Cedric Mullins, uh, Austin Hayes battle remind any of us older guys of the Steve Finley, Brady Anderson battle that was going on in 89, 90? Like, is anybody concerned that we're going to go ahead and trade one away and it's going to be the wrong one? Mm -hmm. Because that's the way I feel right now. I feel like we got two guys who are basically in the same position. You could go ahead and put one of them in left. You could put Hayes in left. I'd be perfectly fine with that. But we've got so many outfielders that we're bound to lose one of them. It's just a matter of, you know, Russian roulette, which one is going to go ahead and get it and then go off to another team. So even down uh, other prospects, you know, Yosniel Diaz coming up, say he's an outfielder. Um, the kid we just drafted first at, he's an outfielder. It seems like, you know, we need to teach these guys to play other positions because we've got a lot of good players. They just all play the same three positions. Well, thankfully, there's three positions for the outfielders. So, Ryan, can you envision an outfield with Hayes and Mullins both in this outfield at once? Well, the guy we haven't even mentioned who I think is is at least offensively playing the best out of anybody in the outfield is DJ Stewart. Uh, he's blocked by he's he's not going to be a, a center fielder, but he's he's blocked by Mountcastle in left and Santander in right. Uh, but he's making a case for himself as well to be a, at least a fifth outfielder on the major league roster, if not if not higher on the depth chart than that. But um, yeah, it's it's a lot of fun to to see these guys duking it out, and and I I remember the the Steve Finley Brady Anderson battle like it was yesterday, and I too fear trading the wrong guy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was that just not funny, or did nobody understand? I wasn't alive when that happened. I, you confused me for a moment. Let me do the math sure you here. Alive. I was. You're making us do math though when we're trying yeah. to focus on and guys running around looking to the sky. Yeah. And the first it, outfielder I remember was BJ Serhoff, if that ages me. <laughs> I think it will. Yeah. Like I said, you can you joined for the winning. Yeah, and 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 I I'm with I'm with Ryan with the DJ Stewart thing. Actually, and and Corey he mentioned the 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 Cedric Mullins and the Austin Hayes. I, I look at it, maybe I'm completely off here, but I look at it as Austin Hayes' job in center. It's more of a battle between two left-handed hitting outfielders for that backup spot and the DJ Stewart and Cedric Mullins and who, which guy you want to go with. And DJ Stewart brings you the more power and less, but he has um, less and he's higher on base percentage. I and mean, I think a better hit, hitter than Cedric Mullins and Cedric Mullins, of course, brings the flexibility in the outfit to play multiple positions as well as the, the speed and the, the base running. Um, so I think that's going to be an interesting. Um, I would just like to, how can we, can we just set up an outfield with Cedric Mullins in left center um, Austin Hayes in right center and then have five infielders because those those cats are, are so fast. I actually would like, I think it'd be fun to watch an outfield with um, Mullins and A's both playing in it, but just the numbers don't work. And you mentioned trading oh, one of them can. away. Let's make and, it work. Let's get rid of the second baseman. Yeah. It's, it'd be the next step of the shift. Yeah. Is your second baseman is shifted all the way between center and right. You might as well. But but and you mentioned trading away. I don't think Cedric Mullins and Austin Hayes go anywhere. But the trade rumors in the offseason of Santander, all of a sudden, like, you don't want to trade Santander, but all of a sudden, DJ Stewart starts playing well. And if Yesenia Diaz plays well and Cedric Mullins plays well, all of a sudden, trading Santander is not as crazy, maybe, as it first sounded. 
Right. Yeah. Suddenly you've got enough, all these guys in the outfield that any of them you can open up. Does this then open up the possibility of a trade in a guy like Mancini? Yeah. But at the same way, Josh, like who, who do we have faith in? I don't have faith. Austin Hayes to play a healthy year. I don't have faith in Cedric Mullins to be good or DJ Stewart to be good. Like they both could be bad baseball players. Um, And it's it's just too early to tell on all these guys. Right. And that's going to be the problem even coming out of spring training. And we saw it last year where we guys came out of spring training and quickly got sent down to Bowie for some Project Bowie uh, repair, which we do get that again this year. They've announced that that the alternative site is is returning because AAA has been delayed a month. So we're going to have 24 people at an alternative, like, what did they call it last year? We called it Project Bowie, but it was like, you know, the COVID protocol uh, project site. Just a pause real quick for, for all of the Maryland natives. As somebody that's not from the Northeast, is it Bowie as in like a Bowie knife or Bowie as in like David Bowie? I've been lost on that. The knife. It's Bowie. Bowie as in the knife. Got Bowie it. as in the knife. Thank yeah. you. No, I believe they wore David Bowie jerseys one year. <laughs> While they played at Bowie. Confusion. Yeah. yeah, at Bowie Baysox Stadium. They wore their David Bowie shirts. Yeah, Bowie. No. Uh, yeah, they had Bowie had Bowie night. Yeah. Yeah. Got it. All right. Thank you. Um, all right. So somehow we got to cram all these guys into our outfield, but doesn't, aren't we only holding one extra outfielder on the bench so that we can hold a uh, 14, 15 pitchers, whatever we're talking about in the, in the bullpen. Ryan, how's this work? Yeah, I think there'll be a decent amount of roster shuffling. Um, I, I could see them holding on to five outfielders only because I think they're going to try to DH Mancini a good bit. I'm not sure how much playing time they're really going to give Chris Davis. I think the jury's still out on that, especially if this lower back injury happens to flare up at the beginning of April. We'll see what happens with that. But uh, I could see you know, uh, some some playing time for Mountcastle at first base and, and maybe throw Hayes out in left, Mullins in center, Santander in right. Just to give these guys a break a little bit, I mean, Mancini, I, we, we hope obviously that he's at 100% full strength, but you know, it's it. I'm, I'm sure this this whole process took a lot out of him, and so I'm, I'm sure they're going to want to rest him a, a decent bit, and and like I said, Davis is is up in the air in terms of his playing time, so I could see them hanging on to five outfielders. All right, five outfielders because you're hiding them with DH and a little first base action is what you're trying to say. Of Essentially, course- yes. Of course, we've had, what, four or five games. We haven't seen Mountcastle at first yet. We've seen Wilkerson at first, I believe. And we've seen some guy named Shaw who I've never heard of at first. Yeah, they've, they've, been, they've certainly been vocal about wanting Mountcastle to be the everyday left fielder. Um, so we'll see. I, maybe maybe I'm, I'm expecting a little more juggling than there is. But when you have three different guys who can play you know, corner outfield or first base, then you know, there, there's going to be some juggling there for sure. I see. Guys, on Sunday, I got to see something that I don't think any of you will ever see. I got to see Ryan Ripken play first base for the Baltimore Orioles. Um, what did we do with Ryan Ripken? Why did he get a spring training invite? Why is Josh taking unnecessary shots at Ryan Ripken? These are all questions I want to get to the bottom hey, of, too. If you tell me that Ryan Ripken's going to make this roster on this year or next, I will, I will put money against that. Uh, Cody, what's Ryan Ripken doing in Sarasota? Maybe this is maybe this is his last shot. Maybe he's a uh, you know he's been a good soldier. He's been around. Uh, I guess this is his third year in camp. 
his third spring training with the team. Yeah. And after the many years in the nationals camps. Right. So he's kind of got to show something. Otherwise, you know, may, maybe this is kind of his last shot. That's the only thing that I can think of other than, I mean, you're not trying to sell tickets. There's not, why else do it? Uh, Ryan, you know about the Ripken experience more than any of us. Um, Ryan Ripken has gotten a lot of training from his dad and his brother, especially this offseason. Is that enough to make Ryan Ripken a baseball player? Ryan Ripken's a basketball player. I, I, I know people who played basketball with him and against him in high school, and that's the sport where he excels. Uh, I'm, I'm sure he chose baseball because of his family lineage, uh, and I, I think he's just really at spring training for the novelty of it. You know, it's it's cool to see him. It's just cool to see that name on the he's, back of an Orioles jersey. He's but, not there for the novelty. I mean, it's not Dream Week or whatever they call it, where they send no, all I mean, the old guys. I mean, the I think the Orioles put him there for the novelty of it. To what? Sell extra spring training tickets? Perhaps. It might get a few extra butts in the seats. No, they're not. It's, they're selling 20, 20% seats. They sold That's out fair. instantly. That's fair. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think, you know, I've, I've seen him play at Bowie. I haven't watched him a whole lot. But to answer your question, is he a baseball player? He's not a major league baseball player. I can say that for certain. Yeah, and just real quick, I, I saw – Ryan Ripken play in high school ball too. He when I when I taught at ACS, he played at Gilman, and they would often play ACS. So a couple times a year, they play ACS, um, and so he could, and he was he was a good basketball player. And Gilman would beat us badly. Um, but 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 first of all, I I think it's kind of a a lame topic, but I also think it doesn't matter, right? Because there are a bunch of names on the roster, or not roster, but guys who were invited to spring whose names you'd never heard of before. So oh, what's yeah. Ryan Ripken? He's just another name, so, um, and and they just need bodies. All right, so that's that's true. We have talked before about how this is the year of the Orioles just having bodies to fill slots to hold over for next year. We did, guys, get to see a little bit of Adley Rushman this week. Uh, Cody, was it nice to see Adley play some games, or does it just kind of tease you because you don't know you're not going to see him this year? It it's a bit scary on one side. One, you know, it, it's you know, the, the little clips that we got uh, and the audio, but, um, you know, I think that there's an expectation of immediate success. And when you don't see that, you, you start to question, wait, hold on, is he the, the future superstar that we all just kind of, you know, pen him in as? Uh, and so when he got up and I, I think he had, I don't think he got a hit until his fourth or fifth at bat. Of course, then it was a nice double. To be fair, I'm not sure if it's a double in, in most major league games. I think a center fielder or a right fielder, wherever it landed, tracks it down. But, um, yeah, I, I think that he's an, he's an older guy, right? He's He was a junior in college, senior in college. So I, I think that there's some higher expectations. And so far, I haven't seen it. So I'm, I'm a bit concerned. Uh, Jimmy, I know you're excited about Adley. The talk preseason – before spring started was what happens if, if Adley outperforms the catchers and are they going to send Adley down even though he's the best catcher in camp and lots of talk of him being the best catcher on the organization one of the best catchers in major league baseball before he's even been called, caught up uh do the Orioles not have to worry about that anymore based on a slow the, start the safe thing is is that the nice thing is that we don't have to worry about that right now. Uh, 
you know, his bat's not ready yet. He calls a good game. He seems to have a good relationship with the pitchers when he goes up there. That's something that we were noticing that he would go up to the pitchers. He would meet with the pitchers right in between, like run right up to the pitcher after the inning was over. And we noticed that kind of thing. But the bat's just not there yet. He needs to get a few more at bats. How many minor league games did he gain? Did he get? Yeah, um, not maybe my... a, maybe a handful. No, we got a little bit two he years a... ago. He was in Aberdeen for a little bit. And Delmarva, yeah, yeah but he hasn't played above a ball. Yeah, yeah. So let's get him some minor league games, and when he's ready, call him up when he's ready. Don't rush it. All right, um, Matt. Let's talk pitching, real brief. We've seen some pitchers. We've seen a lot of the starting rotation. We even got to see my uh, my knuckleball guy out there. Yeah, yeah. Any takeaways from the pitching this year? Besides, it, it kind of seems like the bats are ahead of the pitching at this point. Yeah, and I don't know why from my question you said be brief. You didn't say that to anybody else. But no, you mean, mentioned – I mean, <laughs> as we talked – No, I, I, I guess. I, I want to close out with some redeeming stuff to kind of okay. get people excited for this year. But I thought let's just go over pitching. I don't want to dig – deep into pitching because I think we could spend a whole 30 minutes on pitching alone. Well, and I think as far as what we know in spring training after two innings, one inning or two innings by each pitcher, we, we know nothing. So it doesn't even matter. And the other thing is, I think something to keep in mind here is we've already seen Freddie Galvis tweak something. We've seen uh, Chris Davis tweak something. Like we're only a week into the spring training as far as pitchers and hitters go. Like there's going to, there's going to be injuries. There's going to be a guy right now on the team who we think will go north to Baltimore, who's going to stay for extended spring training or whatever because he tweaked something. So I think that that's part of it too. But as far as pitchers go, I think it's too early to say any, anything to, definitive about except, any of the pitchers. Except for the fact that Mickey Janis should make this team. I think that's the only thing we've learned, right? Yeah, and Cesar Valdez is a stud, like I've been saying since last year. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah. Uh, Ryan, anything on the pitching side of the ball? I'm just excited to he- see how the rotation shapes up. I mean, we've got these these two veterans in Felix Hernandez and Matt Harvey. We've got a couple guys we got sneak previews of last year in Dean Kramer and Keegan Aiken. John Means is is the staple for sure. And then you've got a bunch of guys vying for for those fourth and fifth spots, really. Um, I, I personally think it's going to end up being Felix and Harvey at least to start off the year. But with the AAA season now being pushed back another month, I'm not really sure what's going to happen with these guys because they want to get them quality innings of work. And you know, they could have put those, you know, the Bruce Zimmermans and the Zach Louthers and the Michael Baumans of, of the organization. They could have thrown them in, in AAA to start off the season, get them some seasoning and, and see how things go. But now they won't have that luxury. And so we'll see what happens with the alternate site. But um, I, I think there's there's going to be some young guys who the Orioles might have to make some decisions on about whether or not to get them in that rotation to start off the season. Well, and thanks to that alternate site, assuming it's buoy like last year, that might mean that for that first month, we see a lot of the buoy shuttle going back and forth, up and down. Once you pitch a little bit, send you back down uh, in order to keep all this in. Uh, Cody, how's this lining up to you? You think, like Ryan, that Matt Harvey and Felix Fernandez make it into this rotation? I think so. I, I think Wade LeBlanc's the the odd man out. Uh, I, I think I'm – I think I'm one of the few folks who think that. Um, but I also think that there's probably going to be a move or two, uh, possibly a trade, uh, you know, before everybody heads north. And, and it, it could be one of those guys based off of the last week of spring training and how they look. Yeah, plus there's a whole lot of free agents still out there. All right, uh, Jimmy, we'll close it out. 
with you, and then we'll do some. Uh, we'll do this. We'll look at this beyond the box score uh, article that came out this week, and kind of take our take on that. Um, Jimmy, you're really excited about Felix Hernandez. Oh, absolutely. You, you still feeling really good about him leading this squad? I mean, I don't know, necessarily know about leading the squad, but the numbers yeah, you I, told I me still... are leading numbers. <clears throat> Uh, under a 3.50 ERA, that's that's really not that much of a stretch for him. I I really don't think it's that much of a stretch for him. He was doing really well when he was with the Braves last year before the before he pulled out of the season. Um, seemed to have some callbacks to his better days in Seattle. So why not? All right, all right. This article beyond the box score that came out this week, trying to justify some reasons to be excited for the Orioles outside of what's on the field. Because all predictions are, I think the over-under is 62 games. This author was not at all trying to justify anything about this Orioles, this Orioles team. Of course not. Of course not. So uh, we are going to do it. We're going to go around a little around the horn with one uh, thing exciting about this team for this year. Ryan, let's start with you. Can I start with the obvious one and say Trey Mancini's return? You got got it. I mean, you started first. I'll, I'll claim that one. I mean, the whole baseball world is is behind this guy. We saw the Pirates uh, take a little break in the action to let him soak in the standing ovation he got at the beginning of his first at-bat of spring training. And uh, it's it's really exciting that he was able to recover so quickly and get back out on the field. It was cool to see videos that he was posting or that Sarah was sharing uh, during the offseason of him working out, hitting balls in the cage. And uh, that's that's the biggest storyline that that I'm looking forward to on a on a bad team is we have a really nice feel good story and uh, and hoping Trey has a big year. Yeah, it's not going to take much for him to win comeback player of the year. This he year. just has to show up. Right. Matt, give me something to be excited about this season. Okay. Well, I think if you're not paying attention to the Orioles, you wouldn't realize this. But last year, something started to happen. We started to see a trickle of younger players. Ryan Mountcastle, Tanner Scott, right, Dean Kramer. Um, these players were not only like making their debuts, but then also these guys were making significant contributions to, to the team. I think that trickle of young players – um, we'll continue this year and we'll move on to the Michael Baumans and the Zach Lothar and guys that are going to be maybe using our DS, the guys that are going to be uh, significant c- contributors, maybe even Adley Rushman to this future. So if you missed it last year, like hop on now because it's happening. All right, Jimmy, 2021 Orioles. This is the year of dad strength. All right. Um, Austin Hayes this year, 100% fully healthy, ready to rock and roll, um, ready to go ahead and show that he is everything that we thought he was. The reason why he deserves that top gun bobblehead that at some point in time, I will go ahead and uh, acquire, but Austin Hayes, the glove man, he's going to become the face of the Orioles, uh, this season. He's going to go ahead, overcome, uh, not necessarily overstep uh, Trey Mancini as the face of the Orioles, but I think he's going to be our all-star representative. He's going to be the guy hitting uh, 285 and 25 home runs, 20 steals. He's going to be the face of the Orioles. There's going to be no uh, doubt about who the center fielder of the Orioles is in the future. 
I love right. Jimmy dropping the numbers always. Jimmy yeah. always gets numbers to back up what he's saying. I like <laughs> and it. And none of us are questioning whether or not they're right. We're just trusting them. But he did try to bring up the face of the organization. Uh, we had a great conversation about that last week. You can go check out last week's show. Uh, the nice thing about these spring shows is not much changes from week to week. So the conversation still holds. So check that out. Uh, I feel like that's a conversation we'll be having all season as we get to know these young guys. Cody, 2021 Orioles, what do you have – excites you so as much as i think that there's that competition in center field between cedric mullins and austin hayes i think that that's going around all 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 around the team especially with some of those pitchers and i think that that competition just to earn a roster spot with those younger guys i think that's going to help uh you know fuel their performance so i think that we're going to see some of these guys really step up uh, especially on the mound the the bruce zimmerman's the Keegan Aikens, the Dean Kramers, because as many of those guys, those rookie guys, there's three or four just behind them that are ready to come up. And I think that they're all hungry and that competition is really going to kind of, you know, bring out the best in, in each one of those. All right. I agree. I think there's also a lot to be said about playing for nothing and being given that 0.0 um, chance of making the playoffs that the team can relax and just have fun. I'm really excited this year to see Brandon Hyde take the next step. And he's gonna, if he's really going to roll with 15 pitchers, it's a real good chance for us to see how he manages that bullpen and if he can be around further. Yeah, I'll, I'll hop on what Jimmy said. Why not, right? This could be a why not type situation. But, but Josh, I'm proud I'm of you. I'm not ready to go that far. I'm proud of you for not saying Chris Davis. I'm proud of you. <laughs> well, you know what? I was tempted. The other option was to go bring up the fact that John Angelos – this week doubled down and said the Orioles are never leaving Baltimore. So even if we tear down Fort McHenry, uh, the Orioles are still staying in Baltimore, according to uh, John Angelos. That was news to Josh. He was excited about it. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> and I was invested in Nashville. Guess I'll sell, the, sell those timeshares. Yeah. So, all right, guys. This was another uh, great Birdland tonight. Thanks for hopping on. We will be back again next week and every week until uh, – the Orioles season starts. Make sure you're following Birdland Sports on all those social medias. And make sure you go subscribe to the Birdland Tonight podcast in your favorite app and give it five stars. Plus, keep spreading the word so everyone can get excited. And on nah, maybe next week, we'll start interacting with the comments as they come in. Next week, because that's definitely going to be a part of the post-game show. So head on over, Birdland Tonight, and all those social media. We'll talk to you guys soon. Thanks. Yeah. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.